Oh, there we go. Um, I'm, I'm, I've got a weird uh, propped up microphone here because I've got the extra mic stand. So this is me uh, having to lean into my mic like a pro. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> um, Alex, thank you very much for joining us on the show again. Like this is like, it's like I, I love having you for third, fourth time. I think it is the third, but we've done one test as well. We did one that I ended up throwing on on Thorskin because it was like, let's just see what an interview sounds like when you're doing it as a good boy, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> Thorskin's quite, obviously it's quite a you know, naughty show, uh, but that worked out really well. And, you know, you've been with uh, The Biscuit from the beginning and you've been uh, a huge catalyst for what's going on. Yeah, that's uh, kind of where I see myself trying to help, you know, when, when I see some stuff happening in the town that I'd like to see more of. Yeah. I just jump in and try and help out because uh, obviously I was in a in a job where that was kind of my job to do. But yeah. now I just see it as, you know, fun. It's it's a great bit of initiative because like, you know, I, <laughs> the do you remember that first ever... Um, if it was a planning meeting for the Darwin Festival, where I had to stand up and sort of tell people what this was. Mm. And I pretty much stood up and I was like, uh, podcasts are the future. If you've never heard of a podcast, you will pretty soon. And it's gone that way. It's gone yeah. that way, podcasts. And I've ha- I remember I had to convince people that they need to give you just a bit of money to get a microphone so that you can interview people properly at that time. Like, it was it for a second mic or for a mixer or something? Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was for that microphone you're talking into. Oh, now. awesome, yeah. And uh, for a task, I mean, it was about 230 quid, I think it was. <laughs> it was um, just enough to make it so that things were a bit easier because, like, this equipment is never, it's not cheap. Some of it is, you know, the pick, like these little mixers and things out, but like the microphones are, are super expensive. So, um, yeah, for, for what you did for me at the beginning of of, of doing this uh, biscuit thing, I do, I am very appreciative of you and yeah. the vid, you know? It was, it was selfish, obviously. Um, <laughs> because it was my job to do but also uh, you know it's a thing let's jump into evolutionary stuff uh, <laughs> reciprocal altruism tit for tat it's you know I was expecting that I'd do that for you but then you'd uh, do the the promotion of the festival yeah. which you did you interviewed people at that time it was that was um, not a thing a crazy crazy oh, and I'm looking forward to doing it again I was Literally going out, recording an event, coming back, editing it, getting ready to go, and then going back out again. That was like two weeks of absolute craziness. But I loved it. I loved being thrown into all that content because, I mean, you know me now. I love a good bit of content. Something good yeah. to get my stick my teeth into. That's what I'm all about. You know. I'll try to give you that because yeah. today I have a few notes that yeah. just to keep me grounded because we can get on tangents. So it's going to be on you to just like keep me away from tangents or sometimes no, let's bring get, it back to earth. Let's get, let's <laughs> get in deep with it. I'd love, yeah. I'd love to give the listeners something to, to get their teeth into too, you know? I mean, like we, this is the biscuit. We can talk about whatever we want to talk okay. about. And if we're going to talk, go into Charles Darwin, if we're going to go into the festival, uh, let's do that, you know? So, okay. But, but then, then you're not going to be keeping yourself as a, as a good boy, you know, when you're talking about like not getting yourself in trouble <laughs> and getting into Thorskin. No, I'm no, joking. No, I won't get into Thorskin. It's nearly happened a few times. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, so, um, we were talking about um, something I did um, accidentally. So I've started doing the keto diet. Um, have you? Yes, I have. And I've lost, I lost uh, sort of six and a half kilos now. This is going to turn into the keto podcast because I'm always talking about it. I feel like, you know. Um, but the first sort of week or so, I was like just getting on by with whatever bits of energy I had left, right? right. And uh, I've been doing stupid things like 
going to fill up the coffee pot in work but ending up pouring the coffee into my mug rather than the pot you know stupid things like that or um what was the other one i yeah i i accidentally uploaded a, a nude photo not of me um but for <laughs> for the other show it was uh what the wish uh, i've explained it on the show before and it's one of those crazy things that wish suggest on facebook and it was a guy in sheer underwear and you could see everything and I accidentally uploaded it to Facebook, forgetting you couldn't do that sort of thing. It's just it wasn't me being like horrible or anything. It was just like ah, you know. So I started talking about that um, on the last show we we did with I think it was Jen Eastwood. Yeah. So I, one of those things that you know uh, I did by accident. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Every podcaster has their thing that they're a bit stuck on. So yeah. if keto is your thing, it's fine. We're going to go around that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's working out well at the moment. I'll be good. We're having one one naughty day a month, which is going to be, because I wasn't around New Year's Eve, we're doing a New Year's month party at the end of the month. So that's what I'm going to have. Get a Chinese, have a few beers and, and relax. You know, that's going to be my thing. It's good. So, You're looking great. Yeah, well, I've lost quite a bit. I mean, this T-shirt that I'm wearing right now was really like tight on me. And I was like, oh, well, that's another one gone. But it's like really loose. I'm doing well. I'm enjoying it. So what are you doing with yourself, Isis? Last time I spoke to you at the Flax Mill. Yeah, I know, right? It's been a crazy year for me. Um, that took me... Um, so I I used to work in the town for the Shrewsbury Business Improvement District. And then I really wanted to move away and find another job. Ended up working for a business improvement district in Bristol. Oh, wow. Bristol okay. City Centre. Yeah, my heart is in Bristol. I love it there. I love Manchester as well. Uh, you are a well-travelled boy. You... I like to travel, but then something keeps bringing me back to Shrewsbury. <laughs> you got the book. In, in a good and a bad way. I mean, I, I, you know, it's like become a home. I mean, I'm, I'm not from here, but home is a bit like that. Push mm. and pull. You know. What is your knowledge of Shrewsbury like? Do you know the place at like the back of your hand now? Is it that tonight? that was my job, so I took it upon me to read up on the history so i i you know i'm not gonna bang my own drums here but i am I'm gonna do it uh, i tried hard and then um i came across fun facts but also I, I i feel like in the town center there isn't a street that i've not walked or peeked in the backyards of people as well just i really wanted to have a mental map of the whole place because mm. uh, it's it's a weird one as well with the loop you know you, you start walking along the river and you feel like you're going to get somewhere and eventually you're back to where you start from <laughs> it's, a, it's a mind blow it's the uh, the nooks and crannies and the little shortcuts and things uh <clears throat> i'll be walking through town and shane will just drag me down some alleyway somewhere and we'll get to a place like half the time it would have taken me to walk all the way around you know and i'm like ah oh, i don't know this is it <laughs> even now i'm finding new places it's great yeah, uh, but it's uh, the funny thing about living in here and not being from here is that you know you have a bit of a different different look as an outsider, uh, a bit more. Like if you ask, if I have to look at that way to my home hometown, uh, I probably wouldn't be able to do it because it's you know it becomes a part of you and it's it's a bit more difficult to be critical or to be you know like a bit more realistic about it. Mm. Uh, and I come from a hellhole, like of of a town back in Bulgaria, post industrial. At the moment, it's actually going through a water crisis because some local politicians stole the water and sold it on, like, wow. from a dam. <laughs> um, it's actually f famous. It's become a famous town. So, like, people know about it, but they know about it because it's kind of considered as one of the worst places to live. Crazy. So that <laughs> People don't know how bad but, they got it, do they? But then again, but I love it. Like, if anyone says anything about my hometown, I'd probably, you know, 
cut them. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same as uh, as my wife. You know, she's from Bogota, and you know, if anybody says anything bad about Colombia, she uh, she gets very defensive because uh, apart from all the bad things that go on in Colombia, some amazing things going on mm. there as well. You know, especially the the uh, the, the rebuild of and, and and the re the reimagination reimagining of Medellin, which is where Pablo Escobar was from. Right. And uh, this, they put loads of money into like making it a nice place, you know. This right. is, so you know, yeah. Now it's good. a there's a tourist pool. I'm, I'm assuming for dark tourism. I've seen some programs. Yeah, there is, there is. Yeah, you can do the Pablo Escobar tours and things like that. But that's the same everywhere. You can go to Chernobyl and see where yeah. lots of people died. You know, uh, it's it's, it's, it's yeah. a crazy trade is going on. Um, but then again, that that's where I'm probably going to be start off with the. Let's debunk some things about the Darwin Festival because okay. I help. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about this. I'm I help. I help to build this, but let's uh, you know talk about some of the dramatization, some of this tourism, you know, obsession with you know just making everything into a commodity, right? Okay. So, because um, the idea, because you were asking me, you know, how much do I know about Shrewsbury? When I was researching stuff, I just couldn't believe how much Darwin gets missed out. Right, yeah, as yeah, an outsider. Yeah. You always used to say that. You yeah. Yeah. Said that, yeah. It just it was difficult for me at work though to get any sort of funding initially to even do little leaflets and booklets that had Darwin because you know it's original Shrewsbury. Yeah. yeah. You know it wants to Shrewsbury wants to look modern because that's how cities look like. So trying to copy the bigger guys and you know having that kind of sense of you know not being big enough and Paul in his podcast talked about like how Shrewsbury doesn't you know shout about itself enough. So in that context, it was, you know, kind of a, a nice hook to have Darwin. Mm -hmm. But then it took loads of time to get buy-in. And that's why, I, I, you know, building something just as a proof of concept, uh, it was where the Darwin Festival started for me. Because obviously it existed before uh, John King, the, the legend, yeah, yeah. the man <laughs> who was trying, he was just like keeping it going, just doing stuff for himself and the wildlife trust and a few of the people around the Unitarian church, Fiona was doing loads of little talks, uh, but just making it into a, a more centralized a, kind of, yeah. And a sellable commodity almost, if you think yeah, about it, yeah. it was just like, get a logo, get a slogan, curiosity and independent thinking, and then work that way. Yeah. So that takes you only a certain place, though. That takes you only to a certain level. And we've hit that level. Now, that's why I'm here. I, th I think that this thing either, either needs to be very open about what it is. You know, a community-based festival. We can always keep doing that. It's nice. Yeah. There's, like, yeah. the arts the the arts festival in Bellevue is the same as the Darwin Festival Yeah, in my yeah. head. We covered that last year as well. That's yeah. good. It's good. It gets people out and about, doesn't it? They're really good. Yeah. They're amazing as, for a little town. But if it, if it's gonna really be a catalyst to generate something different happening in the town, you know, like what you've been able to do, just something that then sticks. Yeah. You know, you launched during the festival, but you you then continued doing stuff. So it's not just a burst and then shrink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, it's not uh, just a commercial festival where you pay to get in, and that's what people don't seem to get their heads around because it's the the town itself can be a trampoline for entrepreneurship for people trying stuff an idea is a seed isn't it and a seed grows yeah. into a tree you know and yeah. that's what i see the biscuit and or you know like, shrewsbury's famous for its independent businesses you know and things like that mm. so like these things start from an idea yeah they may start like in like crisp crystals cupcakes by for example just moved into the parade um that has grown and grown and grown and and now there's one in the parade there's one in telford and they started off in telford 
Duncan from Planet Donuts, you know, mm. he's growing. He's moved into Telford the other way around. Uh, but he's growing and growing and growing. And these were all just ideas that mm. happened in people's kitchens or something, you know. Yeah, that, that's great. You know, and people keep need to keep doing it. What I'm interested in is as well, how do you... Because it's a really interesting case to look at, you know, this, the type of jobs that are around here, uh, the type of businesses, you know. You can build a house, shop for your clothing, eat food, and these are... Oh, a bit basic. I yeah. mean, I mean, you know, that sounds harsh, but you they, know, the reality is, in in other places, there is an investment to then get people into the types of jobs that might, they might be interested. The types of jobs of the future. That's not to say that people shouldn't be into, you know, into food businesses, into the ones that exist already. But how can someone try something else? That's a difficult thing. You know, that's why you see people moving to those places that have the jobs already rather than trying to create them here. It's just really difficult to yeah, start, from, is, yeah. start from scratch. Because for me, the, the, the really big example is that everybody that, that's, that works around the nighttime economy, there's loads of people that love doing that, but it also does create jobs for people that are just like kind of being there temporarily when they'd rather be doing something else, experimenting more. And there is an, an opportunity for them to, to try out something different. It's just either this or move to a bigger city exactly. so i have no idea how it actually works that's why you know it's a bit of an experiment the whole thing the, how i've looked at it but there's you know there's always a, a desire to get to, to to london for some people you yeah. know, be out there and yeah. you know it's, you know bashing it out with the big guys you know just it's kind of like it's a, it's a a real romantic idea for some people yeah. but you've got to be realistic at some time some point mm. and realize that you know not everybody's doing that and i think i was talking you know, I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago about how there's a lot of noise in places like London, Birmingham, Manchester. So it's really hard to kind of stand out and shine, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's competitive as hell. And it's it comes with, you know, its own banes of existence. You know, bad quality of life comes from urban environments yeah. so often. You know, it's just pollution at the very basic uh, is a thing. Uh, I don't know personal if you've seen... Personal space, man. I like my personal space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's why, you know, I, I, I never criticize Shrewsbury for what it is just out of, a, you know, any sort of bad place. It's just I want it to be better because it's kind of become a part of me because I see it as home. And then seeing how it can have, kind of have its cake and eat it. Maybe mm. that's what I'm thinking about yeah. always, you know, it's like it can have all of this great space and, you know, the greenery, mm. the indies, but also... Can we not all have to travel to get work, you know, that pays or is in a certain field? Because yeah. that, that's what, what was pushing me away, you know. That's why I, I travel there's lots of uh, There's lots of innovation, especially around by the football ground and that towards that side of the town. There's lots going on, lots of businesses, offices and mm. things pulling up and, um, you know, new estates. We're moving to, um, moving to one of them soon. We're moving opposite the, well, just up from the football ground to one right. of those new houses so we, we're going to be moving soon but all around there there's innovation going on everywhere there's all these new businesses popping up and yeah. you know there is space to do it um, which is which is good and it's really cool to see like how <clears throat> the, the town centre has you know been you know resilient enough you know we're still after a crash you know people forget that it takes a lot longer yeah. for things to recover you know 2008 is not that long ago you know mm. people look for other reasons for why we're in difficult economic situations that's still dragging on but Shrewsbury actually didn't get hit that bad you know no, um, there's some towns that haven't recovered I mean 
no disrespect, I mean, it's a place where I grew up, but you should walk around Wrexham. Places like Wrexham are just boarded up shops everywhere. Mm. You know, there's some places that got hit really hard mm. during the recession. Yeah, but that's the thing. That's always been the, the thing that, that I'm concerned about Shrewsbury. It's just like the comfort, you know, like uh, that's good enough, that kind of a thing. And it, not good enough from the place of, you know, we have it good and that's why we're not going to try. But it's just like no belief that it can be a bit more. And that's that's kind of where the... The whole, oh, let's celebrate Darwin, and then with a little sleight of hand, the place as well. Because mm-hmm. that, that's what listening to, to Paul's podcast with you made me think about again, just reflect on, that's what we we're doing, you know, celebrating Darwin. But really, it's about the place. Yeah, that's what he said. He said it, so it is about the place as well. <laughs> because, I mean, yes, Darwin is from here. Um, but he's only, I mean, for what Darwin's famous for, he's only here for a short while. And then he went off and conquered the world, you know? Mm. Um, well, that's a really interesting one because that was the, the the myth I was trying to dispel uh, when trying to set up the Darwin Festival was people would say, oh, but he left, didn't he? Because he didn't like it here. No, no, no was he had bl- things to do, he had ambition. Yeah. Yeah. But because it's, it's also because it is a narrative that matches what happens at the moment. Shrewsbury is a kind of a leaving place, you know. Leaving places get, you know, you, you get born there. It's really nice to have your family there. It's like a uterus, you know. <laughs> yeah, but then people want to go to the big city, find something, and then come back. It's almost yeah. like the stereotypical hero's journey from, you know, Star Wars. It's just very. Like. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for bringing a bit of kingdom into it. I enjoy that. Um, but you, we hear that a lot on the show. That is very typical of what people people either move into Shrewsbury, like me yeah. and you. Or it's one of those towns where you do, you, you kind of spread your wings and fly. You yeah. hear that a lot. Yeah. I and mean, what's interesting from the from that, you know, like Darwin left perspective is that I think that that's what I would encourage the Darwin Festival to think about. It's that man was, you know, taking, you know, uh, kind of his fate into his hands, going away, but then also doing the same thing and kind of making a bit of a leap of faith to make big claims, you know, mm-hmm. in thinking independently, but basing it on, you know, a lot of evidence. So he was, he had, lo- you know, loads of, he was dissenting from the, from the, you know, the, the average view. Well, yeah, from, it was a, a very religious time, wasn't it? And yeah. science was, you know, it was... Yeah, and he, he had to have balls to do that, you know, yeah, to, yeah. to st- stand his ground. And I, you know, we were trying to initially... It was just like building this festival, you know, steadily. Oh, let's not go talk about dissenting topics, you know, like ones that are really critical. Let's not talk about the hard stuff. Uh, it's easy to, to do small events. But I, I'll, I'll encourage people to, to open up and challenge. You be know, brave. Be brave. Like yeah. some of the talks I'm, that I'm seeing that are going to be on this year are amazing. Like the one about the, the future of work. Uh, yeah, there is uh, the Cafe Scientific. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm getting in touch with him. I really want to do a talk. Uh, but it doesn't need to be during the festival because I'm interested in stuff sticking throughout be, the year. This is going to be like a monthly thing, I think, afterwards. Yeah. I think this is the start for it, the festival. Yeah, but last year we were going to start one like that that was yeah, going to stick, yeah. but it didn't stick, right? No, that was so. Right. But I think Richard wants to, like, I think his story, I was speaking to him before he said, I mean, we're going to get him on the show at some point. But he said he, he's seen these in big cities and he, he, he was looking for one to go to in Shrewsbury. There was none, mm. so he made his own. Yeah. So that's but that's true. the thing, he's seen in the big city, but let's not copy and paste. He like I can see he's got his own take and let's make it even more interesting. Mm. I'd be really interested to to do one and we can do a collab because I heard you're interested in doing something. Because it's like a like like almost like a podcast thing. No, I don't <laughs> 
Come on. <laughs> no, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that because I'm not qualified enough. I mean, I can speak in a microphone. I mean, we were, I was talking with Shane before. He's like, "What? you can learn a trade, man. You can learn a trade and go and do it. I was like, everything I'm good at, I do with my mouth, man. I'm not. <laughs> but um, I am interested in it because it is like for, for the guys sitting in the audience or in the cafe, whatever, it is a live podcast. I mean, yeah. if you watch Joe Rogan, imagine being in the same room as him as he's doing that. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Let's, let's do something that we just record. And like... When we do it, I don't know. Do some, something interesting as well while we do it. I don't know if you've seen Hot Ones. Have you seen the yeah, YouTube yeah, yeah, show yeah, with yeah, the hot yeah, wings, yeah, yeah, where yeah, people yeah. eat progressively hotter wings? I saw. I, what draws much drew my attention to it was the uh, the argument that the guy that hosts that and Kevin Smith had on Twitter was the most polite argument ever. Kevin Smith had heard that he wasn't like welcome on the show or he didn't want him on the show so he did his own version of it <laughs> <laughs> and then he mentioned on the show that he, that he was told he couldn't go on that Hot Wings thing and then they just started this like this this beef on Twitter but Kevin Smith is the most polite person ever and they were like instead of going hey yo beep 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 you know they were just kind of like I would kindly uh, suggest that you would. <laughs> it was the, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I get hot. the reason. The reason why I mention it, like because the progressively, you know, hotter wings at an interview creates some drama to a talk or an interview or whatever it is. And I feel like if if we did some sort of a gimmick together with a talk, <laughs> like uh, I've been thinking about having, you know, three shots of espresso as you're, you know, talking about a topic being interviewed and being recorded. I can do that. That can Peter. be. That can be a... Or we could switch it up and do whiskey instead. <laughs> oh, that is going to be a different kind of a talk. <laughs> That's a good idea, though. I like that. Let's just get ourselves, like, intoxicated on something. Or, you know, you, you, coffee is going to make you... Mm. you yeah, you know. you're going to get a bit of a bit of honesty out of yourself yeah. when you get a bit hyper. <laughs> we could do... Um, oh, we can't do a roasting. A roasting no, would be no. too much for the biscuit, Well, I, think. I have been thinking... You know what could be funny? You know the the Darwin the Darwin Awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not exactly that, but you know, think, think. So the Darwin Awards are the you know the people, people people that died the dumbest, which is a total misinterpretation <coughs> of what. <laughs> it's a total misinterpretation of what evolution is about, really. But it's, you know, it's in the pop culture. Yeah. People think it's about survival of the fittest. So pff, that's what I, I think. I go a step further than Trump and say Kanye. <laughs> so, <laughs> the Darwin Festival. Sorry, Kanye, <laughs> if you're listening. But you know how you can be not as cruel we can link it to a good initiative, you know? It could be, you know, awards for people that are doing bad stuff to the environment. And yeah. we just, you know, put some names to it, you it's know? It's a name and shame thing, isn't it? Yeah, really? a little bit. Uh, but <clears throat> instead of doing it for people that are silly, you know, it's like there are some companies that are probably contributing the most <laughs> to yeah, to know. our own extinction. So in a way, we're going to kill ourselves by some people, you know, being reckless. So why not celebrate and honor them as a mock thing but obviously that's just an idea i don't think i can deliver it i've got a trump funny. thing there on my fridge from the prison can you see that's from yeah. where we were throwing <laughs> axes and you could choose something to throw it at and i was like oh that's cheap trump <coughs> <laughs> that's that's quite extreme to fair tower my fridge it's just a fun day over the kids yeah, as you can see basically I, i've got loads of ideas and that was the the thing behind the festival was just allowing me to connect with other people that have too many ideas that mm, might might yeah. some of them might not work so it's important to see the ones that don't work, see them play out in real life, see it doesn't work, fail, but fail, you know, safely, uh, and then not take it forward. Because I see these people around trees, they, they have these dreams and hopes that they carry for years and that maybe are the wrong thing, but they maybe they are. And mm. if, if they test it on a small platform, 
then maybe it works. Uh, maybe it doesn't. It's more of a real thing. The reason I say it is because, you know, we did the, the events at the Flax Mill. Uh, we did some sessions that had, you know, we had Extinction Rebellion together with the council yeah, and yeah, together yeah. with uh, some uh, <clears throat> environmental consultants to talk about sustainability. And it was a flop. I mean, it wasn't like massively bad. You know, we had just enough people, uh, you know, but it was something that I wanted to try. You know, can you have an entertainment night mixed with learning as a, as an event at the Flax Mill? And you know, turns out it was either too early or for some reason it didn't work. But I'm okay with it. You know, like we 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 tried it. A big shout out to John Hitchin and James Hitchin and the whole yeah. Hitchin family from the Alb that uh, supported. I love them. those guys. Yeah, they, they know I love them. So they're like catalysts for entrepreneurship because they want to try other stuff as well. Like, and it doesn't need to be you know support for like. Uh, money or whatever but you know connecting people helping you out just seeing letting you play it out testing yeah. and, and fail you know if you have to i found out that that you know there's a lot of there are a lot of companies there are a lot of people that have gone out there and done that 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 will help people that are just just starting out like sjf um the, the printers um they helped me with some uh, posts so shout out to steve a message to him i rang him and he was like i remember starting out and stuff like so we'll help you out and he just gave me some posters to help me out hmm. You know, yeah. and that's his business. Yeah. Um, and there were lots of people like that. Like the bid, for example. The, the bid yeah. were very helpful towards me. Um, uh, and then, uh, of course, there's Darren from Gin Different who loves what we're doing. And, you know, he's very, very... There's so many places you can go in Shrewsbury that will just appreciate you for trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a big thing, you know, just go and try stuff. And it was, like, really interesting. Even when I uh, when I moved away, like from this this work from the from the bid like just bouncing ideas or asking for help with something they've always mm. still helped me out it's Shrewsbury does have that you know and it's it's actually not that often you know it doesn't happen that often yeah, yeah. so there's a bunch of nice people around here yeah. as well so that's I think, I think we're lucky to live where we are because like I said if we were in like a Birmingham or a Manchester or something like that you'd probably get told to go away <laughs> <laughs> well you know depends uh, I've probably been told to go away many places you've you got to be prepared <laughs> for that one you've got to be prepared for that one and you know what it's happened to me plenty plenty times you know um I remember um, messaging uh, Greg Davis, <laughs> um, Greg Davis's agent, to see if he can come on the show, and I pretty much got told no. But you, there are so many examples of where I've tried and failed. But you got to keep trying, people, and you don't just do what's comfortable, like Alex is saying. Don't just do what's comfortable. Do what's daring. Yeah, and then on a, on a small scale, just. Uh, doesn't need to be big and that's why use this darwin festival you shouldn't forget that this is free you know it's yours it's owned by the people it's not owned by anybody yeah that's something i i really am like insisting on because uh, i know that some of the guys that are arranging the festival and i think paul kind of hinted at it you know having centralized ticketing centralized blah 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 you know that's that's the old way of doing stuff this thing needs to be networked you know it needs to be people seeing it as a platform to try stuff yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. if there it does need curation facilitation but that can be done by many people everybody knew that that has come in every year just goes like oh why have you not organized a, a committee or whatever it's like because committees suck yeah. <laughs> committees don't get yeah. stuff done it's just networks of people that uh, have a mutual interest uh, of some sort <laughs> and i'm um, you know not, not not saying that somebody doesn't need to do the brochures for it. Uh, somebody doesn't need to do the marketing, but that's just a part of the network as well. Yeah. You know, that's that's how it seems to work more. 
I see I see this as a as a festival that's got a lot of potential. I've always said that. Um it's not quite hit its potential yet, but I think there's that there It doesn't have the one big thing for me. You know? It needs the one big thing. We we always say uh, and even in the last podcast, when you were talking to Paul, you were, you were saying, you know, it's got loads going on for it. And that's what people say for Shrewsbury, loads going on. But that's too much. You know, it's like that's how original Shrewsbury was born as well as a mm. brand, quote unquote. Because it's like, what have we got? We've got a bit of everything. But every place can say that. Yeah. So, well, you got the Shrewsbury Biscuit, of course. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah, the, the one and only. But the Darwin thing, you know, the one big thing. So why are you coming to the Darwin Fest? Oh, they've got this uh, giant pile of dodos you know a bit of a doesn't need to be a gimmick it could actually be a landmark you know we got david attenborough next year come in and talk you know the one big thing and that that that's where i would look up to the guys that you know the university and the and the bid and whatever to 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 really think hard how can we get this one big thing sometimes because the community and the network stuff and the platform to try new things is there already but it does need the help for like the the one big hook. Yeah. But for this for this, for this festival to almost survive, we need people to go to the events because mm. uh, last year was great, but it was so much going on. You know that it was it was hard for people to know what was going because like the the the, uh, the list of events that was going on was quite vast last year yeah. compared to this year. Um, but we need people to go, and this is why I, you know I'm trying my best to get people that listen to our show to go go and try something new yeah you know there's a talk talking about the the future of work and and where it's going go and see that that's free um there's some plays there's some really nice plays that are going on at the unitarian church go and watch one of them you know there's take your kids to to the fuzzy beats uh, you know that's after the festival it's a fringe event but you know i mean that there are things there that you probably wouldn't see yourself doing but go and do it anyway like um like with tim Dawes, like he invited me to um a poetry slam he was holding at his house last year oh, yeah right and i was like i've never done that before yeah. and i'm i'm going around a stranger's house i'm not stranger <laughs> i met we, we became acquainted and i was like really out of my comfort zone and i i remember just going into this house and like meeting all these people lovely people sat down had a couple of glasses of wine and before i knew i was, I was laughing at the, the poetry i was enjoying yeah. myself and <laughs> That was something I just never done before, and that's an example of somebody going out of their comfort zone and just trying something new. Because you never know; you, you might go away and go, "That was awful," but at least you tried. Yeah, yeah, and like that's how we we grow as a as a community. Yeah. That's how it gives an opportunity for people to to do some personal growth. Because yeah. I know there's a lot of talk about growth, but most of the times it's you know when you're talking about towns and cities, it's economic growth. You know, how yeah. do we get more people, more money here? How do we get investment? And that's a different mindset than the one that it's like let's make it work for the person with you know the view from the inside and i think that's why it's it's poignant that we start off with the young thinkers award because yeah. like that is that is pretty much nurturing the um the intelligence and the the uh, the desire to go out and learn from a, from a young person's point of view and i love that yeah it's one of my favorite things yeah um, oh, but i do have to say for this one this year designing a flag I mean, previous years we were asking them what's the big, one big idea to change the world, you know? Let's not narrow it down too much for, for kids to, like, designing a flag. Like, let's see what how they can solve, you know, the, the climate emergency. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's not shy away from the big topics. Let's not make it smaller. Mm. That's, that's what I'd encourage the guys from the competition to think about because kids when they're young they 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 take the whole problem of the with the complexity of it sometimes it's unrealistic but you know 
that's you know you just want to find the next boy on slightly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but big ideas you know that's what we need one big hitter and it, it might come it might not my one big thing <laughs> i think would be to i'd call it think outside the loop yeah you know yeah. Uh, let's try pedestrianizing the loop for the duration of the festival or for a weekend mm-hmm. or like something a mar- just to see a mardi gras type thing <laughs> just see how it works because i know it's very complex to to do stuff to a town right you don't know what's you know who needs to access who needs to you know have deliveries and the guys at the council and whoever is involved in these decisions that's what stops them sometimes from trying stuff because you know you it's cut, too complex yeah it's too complex but that's why you need to test and and they do do some stuff but like let's get us involved in in the stopping that's why I think whoop, I think there there has been ideas around the, the big town plan, but you know somebody needs to bite the bullet and see if that's viable. You know Birmingham's just announced that they're doing it. Wow. They're taking cars out of the city center. There's a lot of places doing it now. I mean, yeah. even in like America, places that they're, they're, they're taking, like the the, um, the high rise. Um, train that goes through uh, Manhattan like they did right. t- t- oh, t- yeah. a walkway with yeah, plants yeah, and yeah. stuff it's beautiful yeah, yeah. I love that when I was in uh, in Bristol in the bid there um, we were, I was in charge of a project uh, that was looking at the air pollution and then it was working with the council to then take this data and justify kind of a, a zone they were us- I think they're going to be using a, a monetary barrier so you'd have to pay a fee but that's you know I don't think that's the right thing That's people are going to take it as a fee you know they're going to be like I can yeah. afford to pollute that yeah, kind of mindset. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, that's one of the things, you know, the one big idea that I would say is, you know, think outside the loop. Um, I'm going to champion that. Uh, so, which I, which uh, events am I going to see you at then? Which the ones that I've- well, I'm going to try and go to, so the Café Scientifique, uh, the, the future of work, because these are kind of interlinked to my PhD interest, because I'm, I'm researching things around how people search for jobs and how how does place shape job searching decisions that's mm-hmm. kind of literally my my phd yeah. so these two talks the combo is kind of <laughs> like literally my i think interest. it's interesting paul was like yeah journalism's gone and i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so uh, i mean yes to a degree I feel like there are things out there that could go out and, and push out news. But when it comes to a, a podcast, I feel like the human element is what people listen for. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, the reason I come here is because we can have a long form chat. Yeah. Which yeah. for a guy like me, sometimes if I just say the buzzword, you know, think outside the loop or just say something, if people no would think that I'm just like, sure. yeah, people would think that I'm just selling them something. And I do like to do sales pitches, but uh, I am not a, a salesman. You know, <laughs> taking pitches as he's talking. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Um, so, yeah, uh, the long form does give you that chance to to really be clear about what you mean. So for me, what I mean with the thing outside the loop and testing if it, you know the, the loop can be pedestrianized is. Comple- it's a complex thing to manage a place, but complexity doesn't mean you can't take action. Mm. So you take the complex system and you test stuff, see how it works, and then you you can you can do it rather than being paralyzed. I think that's what happens. People try to look at a too big of a problem or trying to please everybody. Yeah, and then yeah. that's. that's I mean, I mean, 
when it comes to pedestrian or closing roads, like you know, the public, like I mean, they, they want about closing the doors for like they were talking about for like ten months or something, so they can do something with the school. Yeah. And the uproar, I was like, oh wow, this is going to get interesting. Like, you yeah, know. but that's to begin with because people in cars get upset and they get angry because the roads are a bit inhuman. You know, mm, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a bit of a weird thing. I get myself wound up when I'm in the car as well. I'm not yeah. saying that what I'm suggesting isn't outrageous, but that's why we have a platform to talk about the outrageous yeah, stuff. Absolutely, but first of all, absolutely. and then test the outrageous. Okay, if we need to wind it back down, what does it look like? Well, look what they did to Shop Latch, though. Shop Latch, mm. that, that, all that greenery out there, yeah. people were sitting out enjoying last summer. I hope they do something like that again. It was brilliant. Yeah, we managed to... That's when we were promoting the, the Flax Mill event, and we took a, like a, a, golf, a mini golf that we built from scrap... And we we put it next to next to the park as well, so yeah. it's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just to be <laughs> a dreamer, but I think it's it's one of the things that can pos- positively affect the overarching quality of life of people mm. in the town. Yeah, you know. And to be fair, like one of the first things I ever noticed. This isn't a dig Shrewsbury, okay? So I don't think I'm digging at you. But the first thing I noticed um, about Shrewsbury when I first moved here is. Ha- how willing people are just to risk their lives to cross the road. They go, they're very, choose me people, they walk straight in the road in front of cars, straight past it. And I was just like, wow, there's a lot of people that do that. Just, just, cross the road without, you know, looking or whatever. Yeah. It's, it seems to be like a Shrewsbury thing, like, you know, yeah. darting it's, in front of the But road. it's also because the, the roads aren't designed to, to mix that well with yeah. the, with the pedestrians, mm. and then I'm not saying that because there are specific things in the in the designing of cities that that don't allow that to happen. But again, I'm sick of listening to to pra- two practical minds saying how impractical it is to do the right thing. Like yeah. let's just let's try. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the increasing the football footfall. Certain areas. We can increase the football too. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> Shrewsbury Town FC. Yeah. <laughs> in well, the that, middle of the centre. Well, they're playing Liverpool. That's going to be Bedlam, but um, that's, that's going to be good for the town too. Um, but like, yeah, increasing the football around certain parts of town would be great. I mean, there's certain, especially around by the parade. I mean, I'd love to see more people around there. Yeah. You know, and there's no reason why. Uh, they can't find some way to direct people towards there, you know, because mm. of a way through for people. Because the parade have been fantastic uh, for, for giving us that space that we were using right now. Uh, but I'd like to see more people there looking around because that 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 shopping centre is amazing. I think it's, I always complain uh, compare it to like an old bazaar or something, you know, where you, right. you find like trinket type shops and little yeah. little hidey hole those little shops. So like, yeah, tell you a story though. Once I was in that shopping center, yeah, and I was in one of the toilets in the cubicles, yeah. and somebody grabbed my ankle <laughs> from under from the other cubicle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh man! And then I was just like freaked out, and by the time I walked out, they ran away. <laughs> <laughs> somebody pulling your leg, literally. <laughs> oh, there you go. You see, you see the odd, the odd stuff in Shrewsbury as well. You know, like let's not forget about that. You know, it's like it's all nice for me to say you know think outside loop and all that but just some of the oddity you know just the weirdness mm, yeah. it's there it, it, and i like that i mean i love how um we don't just have darwin we don't just have darwin yeah. it's like lord hill and yeah, yeah you know there, there are so many important people that come from uh alex whiteley from the biscuit i mean look at <laughs> <laughs> but this is obviously there's something in the water here there's obviously yeah. something here that creates innovation and, and the desire to go on and do well um, just I, yeah, I think you're right in, in in taking people out of their comfort zone 
well not necessarily their comfort zone but dare being it being more daring and going out mm. there and doing it I think well, it's really interesting when you say that there's something in the water because obviously I'm mixing some geography in my <laughs> PhD research and it, that that is because geography does mi- literally mix the physical with you know the social mm. and then the kind of uh, meaning related stuff because you ask people on the podcast what the Shrewsbury mean and I'm always you know looking at it from a geography standpoint you've got you know the, the rubble and the rocks and mm. the and the buildings here sure I love them, you know, but really then you have a layer of, of people that live here, yeah. get in touch with each other, mm. network, and then out of that emerges what they call a, a sense of place. Uh, but really what it means is, you know, what's the vibe around here? Contentment. That's uh, what, that's yeah. what People are content yeah. here. Yeah. And I think that's the danger, isn't it? People yeah, are that's the thing. That's the thing. Like uh, that's what, and maybe it's okay. Maybe I'm the one that doesn't fit, you know, because I did have a friend of mine that um, came in once to see me. He knew me from university. And looked around, and it was just such a beautiful place, right? And then he looked at me, and he was just like, hmm, I can see why there's nothing that you can point your inborn skepticism (laughs) at in Shrewsbury. (laughs) I can see why. And that's the thing. Sometimes I'm just like, it's too nice, you know, I'm I'm used to... Maybe it's because I was born in a hellhole that's, you know, urban, and like it's got the ills, and I just kind of need that in me, but... I don't know what it... I mean, honestly, I, I can't... Apart from the biscuit doing well... I mean, the schools here are nice. Uh, we've got nice friends, nice family and stuff like that. But it's got to be the history. It's got to be something to do with the history that draws me to this place. Because I, I lived in Wrexham. I lived in Telford. I'm not really well-traveled, but I have lived in different places, you know. Yeah. Um, Wrexham, I, I struggled with because I'm a big football fan. They're all about the rugby there. They look like the <laughs> you know. And they're not too keen on the English either. Um, and Telford, for me, was kind of, it was a nice place, but it wasn't a place that people were proud of. Unless you're like yeah. from Ironbridge or something like that. I think it's the pride yeah. in this place that yeah. I, I enjoy. Oh, it, it, the it history, is a thing. You know? It's definitely you get attached to it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I can see us living anywhere else. You know, unless uh, I don't know something something happens and I become like a, a superstar with the podcast, which is not going to happen. But like you know, I always say to my 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 co-host, like the you know, I'd love to move out to America or something if I could do that. Mm. You know, and do what I'm doing now, but somewhere else. Because, you know, the Americans love that British accent, but they can hear it from yeah. here. They don't have yeah. to go to America to do that, you know. But you got to fit. If you fit in where mm. you are, that's that's perfect. Because, um, again, it does make me think about what Paul was saying about, you know, the, the festival is about Darwin, but also the place. Yeah. And I look at it from an evolutionary standpoint. Evolutionary psychology okay. talks about man and place. You know, like how we talk about, there's either debates about nature and nurture or, yeah. you know, when, really it's like, human nature is human plus nature you know you always have that link of you're making sense of your environment so that's like the the theoretical perspective if if you like on fitting with what's around you so if you like what you see around you you're fit in if you don't move <laughs> what, what sort of time scale are we talking about now because i mean Ooh, you, could, you, could yeah. talk, you could talk about the you know our great or great 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 ancestors you know yeah but so, yeah, yeah, there's generational specific, things different, isn't it? Yeah, let's bring it down to earth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bring it down to earth is is you know what, what's your you know closer surroundings, and that's why I would take place as the as the kind of that you know the rubbles and the rock and mm. the buildings around you and the people and the vibe and the water. If you dig people that, feel more comfortable around water. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you like that, stick where you are. If yeah. you don't, move. <laughs> so it's a very simple, simple solution, really, and that's kind of my. My interest in um, so some of the things I'm researching is about simple rules, mm. simple rules of thumb, 
uh, actually make better decisions than overcomplicating stuff because dealing with complex stuff like mm. places and towns and cities, you actually need to really simplify your mind and your decisions. So what's your take on, on kind of the social media aspect and, and these, these things that we carry around in our pockets? Do you think it's made a, a massive effect on how people feel about where they live? Sure. It's, uh, it's made them uh, probably think, uh, you know, that place matters less because it's somehow in the ether, right? If, you, if you're online, where are you? You're somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Are you really in your place? But I, I'd argue everything was uploaded from somewhere. The yeah. first time. So I'd always imagine that the fix for the internet at the moment, because it's gone a bit weird, mm. would be to be able to trace things to the first person that uploaded it. You know, obviously there's implications for your... Um, you're going to have to be identified. So we're going to lose that anonymity that the early 90s internet had. You know, you could be three different personalities online. That mm. was interesting. But it's now become a bit detached. Uh, and that's people don't seem to be reacting well to it. But there's also, is that because of the, the tools themselves or is it the optimization that goes on behind it? Because my, in my current job, I'm researching how people use technology and that's mm. kind of my job so i feel like there's a there's definitely a rise in narcissism <laughs> yeah, yeah. i don't know if my narcissism uh, bodes well with appreciating your uh, your habitat i think you're more interested in kind of how you are as an individual you know mm. um but and like, forgetting that your habitat is a part of you yeah you know it's it's like we are a part like shrewsbury is a part of us if we live here it just kind of goes through your pores and, and that's why I, I appreciate people that are affecting the local culture here that's, that's yeah. one of my drives towards doing this show yeah, yeah and you can use the technology to to serve a decent purpose you know because yeah, yeah. there's the offline connecting and networking that that you're doing by the way mm. think about who you're going to recommend that i meet you know mm -hmm. bounce some ideas and get something interesting going uh but yeah that's uh how you can use it for good but it's become a bit weird yeah i'm a i'm not a technophobe because I actually work in a digital consultancy, but because <laughs> I, I can I can see how it's misused by people that optim because there is a lot of optimizing going on. Yeah. You know, people are being very easily controlled because you have the data. You can see you know when to to nudge them for a different thing, and then when that is you know motivated by a profit margin, it only goes one way. Mm -hmm. And we know how it works. We know how profit works. It tends to accumulate. You know. We've seen people. a lot of old tricks, uh, propaganda things that have been used. <laughs> yeah. Now it's just, and people are easily moldable. Like Cambridge Analytica proved that. Oh yeah, proved. But you know, I used to get called a tinfoil hat guy because uh, I was a big fan of. Uh, there is a researcher in Stanford called Jaron Lanier who was talking about the problem with all of these kind of behavior modification mm -hmm. loops, which social media really has become. You know. The, because they want to show advertisers that they can modify your behavior. That's their sales pitch. Yeah, yeah. And then an advertiser would pay for that, you know, in whichever way. Is it going to be to buy, you know, washing powder or is it going to be to vote? So that's where the... So he was talking about that very early on. And I used to get called <laughs> names when I was saying it. But I was just like, <laughs> I can see how it's already happening. And then when, you know, things like Brexit happen and in here, obviously there's other factors, but... People using that medium in that way, it was kind of well. There yeah. it is. There, yeah, there, there it goes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and you know, like the whole uh, the Snowden thing. You know, 
with the webcams, things like that. I think it would only bother me if I was up to no good. You know, I mean, mm. like, if people want to sit and watch through my webcam, watching me dance in the but, towel. But you see, that's a, that, no, that's a false security that you like, don't stand on that one because we all deserve privacy. And I know I'm contradicting myself with saying mm. my, my dream of a, of a I'm thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying it, it does need to be addressed. Of course yeah. it does. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not massively, but yeah, I am. No, no, but b- the thing is that it becomes background, right? And even me and you, we're talking about like, oh, that propaganda that works on other people. The propaganda that works on us becomes background. We don't notice it. Mm. And that's, uh, you know, a kind of a, an evolutionary psychology inside that we, we kind of know of. Something that's familiar goes into the background, so then you can work in more automatic ways. Yeah. But your automatic system gets hijacked very easily mm. by stuff that's not, you know. It's you. like, it's like <laughs> uh, we, we've been, because we're moving house, we've been looking at sofas. Now, all I'm getting on Facebook is sofa ads for sofas, and it's, it's driving me crazy. It's like, I'm not that linear. I'm not. I'm not just thinking about sofas. Come on, Facebook. Like, I'm not, <laughs> like, and, and I feel like you know, if you've got a one set mind, say, say like voting for example. I've I've always been transparent and said I'm Labour. I've always been Labour, and so they're not coming after me because they know how I already feel. Yeah, they're, they're after the people that are on the fence. That are yeah, label, yeah, you know, because because they they can be yeah, molded. they they can be molded, mm. and well that that they're. It's not just that they can be molded, but also you can make money out of that molding, you know, both sides mm, of so the people yeah. that are providing social media and those that are going to pay for it. But no, I think, things are changing. I mean, uh, we were talking about um, Instagram's taking the like button away. Yeah. Which is, which I don't think they're keeping it there, but you're not going to be able to see how many people, how many people's liked a certain thing, which I think ooh, for uh, people that are. Um, whatchamacallit, um, influencers, mm. it's going to affect that quite a bit because you're not going to be, it's not going to be, a, you're not going to see Sims who got £17,000 for wearing a pair of Ray-Bans, you know what I mean? Like, it's going to mm. be, it's going to affect it quite a bit, I think, but I think for a good reason. Like the narcissism might just die down a bit. But again, that's, now they, they control the game and now they choose who's an influencer and who's not and when they change the rules of the game, somebody else is going to go up and that's, mm. the platform people have become a bit powerful in that way. Yeah, it's really like weird. Something so simple can affect something yeah. so vast. But you know what? What I uh, my my take on it is, you know, how you have your comfort about like you don't care if they look. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, my comfort is, I just remember the nineties. You know, these are just websites. Mm. You know, these are just websites that we yeah. look at because we start calling it platforms and apps, and they've got mm. this thing. That, you know, all the network just websites. Mm. Choose not to look at the website. That's my my comfort, and I know it's based on a lot of bullshit because I sometimes get myself being on social media not, you know, noticing that I've gone in. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I deleted my Facebook, but it wasn't just from these fears. It was probably to, you know, think better of myself, think that I'm more enlightened than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. do. I, I was thinking about it today, actually, before because I was thinking about things to talk about with Jen, who runs uh, Rock Rose Digital. Okay, great person. Um, and I was thinking about things to talk about with her. And I was thinking, do would it be good for me to just one day a week just leave my phone to one side and go about my day? And I thought, there are so many reasons why I need that phone with me, not just because of the show and stuff, because there are a lot of things, lots of things during the day that I need that need my attention, you know. Um, but there's also the safety aspect. My little boy, what if school ring, or mm. what if my wife has an accident in work or something like that? There's so many these these things are locked to us. These these things. Yeah. I mean, unless you're really just don't 
he's not you know bothered. But if they were locked to us, it wouldn't be as much of a problem. Then it will be up to us. It's it's that at the moment you hold the thing in your hand, but you don't own the date on it. Mm. you're basically you have something that's half yours half somebody else's yeah. at any point in time and that's not very clear to people and yeah. that's that's where you know the opt-in you know gdpr mm. uh that came in kind of the data protection act yeah, yeah, yeah. the data protection act that actually was almost as strong in this country before it just didn't have teeth from punishing so you were still not allowed to do what they're doing it was illegal but it's just it was cheap to yeah. pay the fines yeah, yeah. um but the reality is if, if people knew that what they had, their phone is not their phone. And that's a bit sad that like, if we have technology, it should be ours, you know, who owns the means of making money? And if, if this is the means of production at the moment, how you're making your money, like somebody else owns it. Like I write and I store something on the cloud. At some point, where is the server, you know, that holds it? And who I would say it? this too. I mean, I was speaking to some young people a while ago and I, we were talking about servers and things. I was like, I bet Snapchat, um, you can just imagine what Snapchat have on their servers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all. That's all backed up. I'm telling you now. That's all backed up. I'm telling you, there is a big server somewhere on mm. Snapchat, and they've got all that stuff everywhere. I'm telling you, people just like the whole. Um, take. I can't use the actual term that people use for it, but taking pictures of your anatomy and sending them to people. You know, mm-hmm. it seems to have become the norm now. Mm. And this is the world we're living in. Like, yeah. I wouldn't think. I mean, I'm from. I wouldn't know. I'm a proper, like, proper guy. Yeah, well, I am too. We're the kind of similar guy. age. Like, we grew up around the same sort of time, and like, I think we had. We didn't. I didn't grow up with Facebook already there or the internet already there. I'm, I was born in the '80s, like, and I, I don't know if that kind of that that generational thing is important or whether it, I don't know I don't know if it just but I also think a lot of what we're talking about here is you know the stuff that becomes prominent online because it creates a bit of friction you know yeah, yeah. the 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 big pics become the famous big, the big pics the big like pics become famous because you know they're outrageous you know isn't it outrageous that such a thing happens algorithm picks it up out people that are outraged click more yeah. so that becomes a thing it's probably not as prominent as we think mm. You know, that's, you know, just as some other things are happening. I think, I don't think it did that. I mean, obviously there's the, the whole child aspect of that that needs to be addressed. Of course, of course, that's really important. But I think as well, you've got to look at the, the, the trolls and, and, and the people that go after people. Because, I mean, I get, I've been trolled before loads of times. Uh, you know, I'm up there in the public. I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm very, very public. But um, I'm strong enough to deal with it. I mean, I do mm. suffer from bits of anxiety, but if someone writes something nasty to me, I'm just like, oh, delete, bye. Yeah. You know, it doesn't bother me. But it but used to be, in the, the, the 90s, used to be trolls. There was a lot of them, that, but that was a lot of what was done. And I feel just like now that gets reinterpreted as it's become a bit more real. Somehow trolls have gained more power. They have, because um, how long does it take to create a new Facebook profile? Not long at all. How yeah. long is it, you know, with Twitter, things like that. You can just keep coming, keep coming, and there's nothing <laughs> they can do to stop you. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I, I think it's really difficult. Otherwise, they would have done it by now. They would have done it by now. You know, um, I think that like with the anon- anonymity that you're talking about, losing that might help. But at the same time, GDPR, you know, like what, yeah, it should be illegal. Uh, yeah. A lot of the stuff they're doing, you know, yeah, the, yeah. that you know, your data is your data, and it's anything that you know can identify you. And I think where GDPR falls short, but that's probably too technical, and I'm not that sure if I'm that familiar with how it works but i think there is a problem of us not owning our metadata mm. which is data about data so like how many times you've locked 
logged into something and all that. And because that's the bit that actually is useful to a lot of people. Because if they know the pattern of when you like to click on your phone then and they give you a notification just then, that that's basically a Skinner box, which is, you know, from the old behaviorist guys in the 60s, the 60s that used, you know, the guy Skinner used to train pigeons with stuff. And a Skinner box is basically a thing where, you know, on one side you have a reward, on another you have something that is, you know, going to shock you yeah, and you yeah, learn yeah. how to, you know, avoid the shock and go for the reward. So we're being put in a Skinner box and it's a bit dystopian for no reason, you know, like people don't realize that we watched the Mat- we all watched the Matrix like a few years ago and didn't learn. We are kind of, well, yeah, do you know what? That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Like we are kind of living in the Matrix now. Like, I mean, how many times do we look at our phones? Like, I mean, I mean, I know you're like uh, kids, people, I, I'm on my phone a lot. People are on their phone a lot. They're living in a virtual world. I'd say mm. that's what it is. The weirdest thing is that it's called virtual reality, right? And one of the, because like, it's not it's not real, but it's virtual reality, right? Mm. They were always trying to make it real. And that guy that I mentioned, uh, Jaron Lanier from mm-hmm. Stanford, who was talking about data privacy, he's actually the father of virtual reality. Okay. He did the wow. first kit in the 70s. And they used to be too utopian. And that's what I see, you know, techno-utopians are sometimes dangerous. <laughs> because now he's realized, you know, some of it is not gone. It's not gone the way we we intended it to. Because they were doing research about like if you're in an immersive environment that looks real. They were testing like if they gave people an avatar. That's actually probably quite evolutionary. So it's, re- it's related to to the Darwin Festival. Let's let's keep it as if it's linked. But basically, they were giving avatars to people that have like uh, limbs, like it could be a spider. You know, multiple limbs. Oh, okay. And with training, people could then learn to operate uh, the different limbs uh, and then they would see that when they were doing that their brains were starting to get activated in a different part of the brain that was kind of related to more archaic you know evolutionary forms which was kind of proof for our evolutionary origins so I'm probably butchering the studies and the thing, but I've just heard the guy <laughs> no, do a talk somewhere <laughs> I feel like I've involved you know I've evolved a lot especially as a, as a as a as a dad and as a as an adult because you know, I used to play on the Xbox an awful lot. <laughs> the Xbox was kind of my escape. But now I'm not even, I'm genuinely not even bothered. I've got mm. so much going. I like to create and do things. That's my mind has completely changed. I've rewritten how my mind works. And yeah. Be- you've grown, you've learned. That's important. Yeah, but just yeah. for conceptual clarity, because we're here to bring things down to earth, but also <laughs> be clear, you haven't evolved because within a, within a lifetime, you don't evolve, you develop, you know, you can adapt. Okay, I've developed. But, <laughs> yeah, learn. Because uh, evolution, a lot of people start getting you know, really confused, but I'll give you the, the memorable thing, like how you can remember, the okay, simple rule well, of thumb of how you can remember what evolution is. It's three steps. It's variation, selection, retention. Okay. And that happens at the species level or at the, you know, over long periods of time. But there is a variation of, you know, the, the genetics and also the expression of these genetics in a phenotype in the looks yeah. of the animals. And then within a certain environment, the ones that, you know, do better or more fit to that environment get selected in. And then their genetics and phenotype, the look then gets retained. Has there been any evidence of uh, any sort of? Ev- I know it's only short uh, over the generations, say from the sixties, is 
what, four generations, something like that. Is there any evolu- any evidence of slight evolution in human beings? Oh, that's a quite a general uh, know, question. A, Let's uh, think of something more specific that I can answer because I I wouldn't have a no. an answer to that. I one. remember seeing a girl on this morning. It was like yeah. it was on thing that she, she had apparently X-ray vision or she she could like see. Jesus, yeah, I, I mean it was a. I don't know how true this was, but she was on TV and I don't trust everything I see on TV. That's why I'm quite skeptical about it. But apparently she could see through skin like an x-ray, you know. Right. Well, it's possible that there is variation because we, that's the thing, we, these mutations happen, right? A type of a variation could be a mutation of some sort or a variation might be just, you know, more of a, a random process from your heritage. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes something might happen that is, you know, might be deemed as a malfunction, but somehow it works out. My son has gills. <laughs> yeah, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, that's a, that's a nice thing to have. And because, and, yeah, I'm not that much into evolutionary science. For me, it's evolutionary psychology is where I'm a bit more, you know, I can say stuff because I've read, you know, actual academic papers. And in there, the variation tends to, I tend to focus because I'm focusing on decision making, you know, how people make decisions mm-hmm. and how their heads work. So having a variation of approaches to to the to your environment and your to your decision, that's kind of as where I can make bold claims. So anything uh, uh, does it fascinate you the amount of trash TV there is at the moment, like the Kardashians, Love Island, that sort of thing? Because to me, as a guy that's not an intellectual, I look at that and think do you know what? This generation's screwed. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, there, there are some people saying that's actually really good. It kind of resets your brain, gives you a holiday from... A, yeah, from probably. And it worked for some people. For me, it doesn't reset me. And that's the thing. It's like live and let live. And that's, yeah, yeah. that's the... Because that's the type of a variation of what you'd like, you know, whether it's going to be because your head's a bit different or because of whatever. <laughs> your eyebrows aren't thick enough. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> live and let live is, is kind of a... Uh, a good approach that you know pluralism to to what what's out there you know more there's more versions than the one that fuddy duddies would like to see you know if you're a fuddy duddy you try to mold everybody to be the same as you mm. you want to be the one selecting for which variation should be retained you know yeah. create power her- hierarchies and all of that but really let's let our environment decide which types of approaches work for people which ones don't uh, it's a bit more so you're a, saying like uh, the uh, like your environment sort of help you how does shrewsbury help the locals learn to adapt oh to amazing question see that's a great question good segue especially as well. especially linked to darwin right the place yeah, yeah. that molded the mind um you see Again, I'm just for comfort. I'll, I'll I'll go through what I know theoretically. Uh, it's the the mind and the and the environment, the place should be seen as a scissor mm-hmm. that has the two parts, uh, the cutting parts, interconnected and always analyzed together. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's just reform that. And I'm not I'm, I'm stealing that from a guy called Herbert Simon, who's actually a big guy in AI. Oh, probably okay. the father mm-hmm. of AI, mm, wow. if you think about it that way. Because a lot he's of he's responsible, is he? Okay. Well, but you see, not <laughs> not the hyped up AI, which is a marketing spiel. Yeah, yeah. It's AI is just algorithms that can learn, mm-hmm. right? And we use algorithms in our daily lives, like the simple rules of thumb that I was mentioning. It's just that in the digital world, we we've you know we've put our own rules of thumb into that, but now we can program things to develop their own 
rules yeah. of them rather than formal logic to solve a problem one plus one equals two yeah. it can just go well let's try this let's try that and see which one works that's yeah. kind of, that's ai but the almighty ai all of that is just yeah. a marketing spiel to scare people into investing anyway so what have you stole of this yeah. guy so <laughs> let me get back on to the shrewsbury yeah. uh, let's bring it down to earth yeah. <laughs> uh, so what does shrewsbury do to help people adapt yeah it's got the Darwin Festival. <laughs> no, but that, that's it's a transformational uh, project. It it helps every year to try something new, and in a place that's a bit traditional, that can that's the function that it can do, and it's a bit structured, so it gives us an annual check in, um, and we can try new things. You know, see which ones work, which ones don't. You know, do a variation of of a program, see which ones stick. You know, yeah, which yeah, ones yeah. are serving the community, which ones are not. And then retain the the good ones. And then if someone's event doesn't work for them, or for you know it doesn't get attendance, then they'll know that you know they should try something else. I feel like I feel. I mean, I thought about this quite genuinely. I felt thought about this because I'm think. I do think to myself sometimes, why should, why why am I enjoying life so much in Shrewsbury than I ever have anywhere else? And I, I do think about it quite a bit. And I feel like it's because it's nice enough to be content, like you said. Mm-hmm. But it's there for you if you want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that is my look on it. Is oh, yeah, yeah. Shrewsbury's got your back. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's like a because I at one point I moved. I didn't j- just move to Bristol. At one point I moved to Stoke for a bit, and within nine months I got back. <laughs> so I, I, I seem adding, to have a history of going and. Were you adding duck into things? Oh, I duck. How's it going? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, they were calling me. Um, BAP as well, but that's a Birmingham thing, right? That's a Birmingham sort of tell. Yeah. Right, or maybe BAP. I just, maybe I'm just misremembering. I just remember <laughs> the old cakes. That was the one positive. Apart from uh, in Stoke, everybody seemed to be into their sports and I'm a bit active. So. Yeah, well, they've got quite a good team there. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, I, I was judging it by, the, you know, I'm not from here, but everybody seemed to wear their tracksuits in the club. So oh, okay. I well, assumed yeah, that yeah. they were into their sport. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I like that. Um, well, you know, I think we've got a lot to look for. I think the only way is up. I mean, like Shrewsbury is an innovative town. Otherwise, we wouldn't have so much independence like here, like with the, mm. the, the businesses and things like what what I'm doing. Uh, but like the fact that people can, like you, at the beginning of this, you saw this as an initiative, as a way of trying to bring Shrewsbury into the modern day because like there are people that are, are set in their ways. We've been talking a lot about this uh, recently on the show about... Social media, for example, I mean, mm. it, yes, it, it's it's quite bad. The behavioural thing is, is is quite alarming, but at the same time, it's free advertisement. It's, it's free. It's oh there yeah, for people yeah to you tell take the good with the bad. Well, we but need to be honest about the the bad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But some people are, are so stubborn they won't they won't even you know you know they won't even venture out there on Instagram, Facebook, things like that. And I feel like we need to try and encourage people to, to you know, try different new things that are easy to do. Mm. Take small steps like, I don't know, uh, if you're looking for a job or you, you feel like you could uh, go into LinkedIn, try try that, try something new. Um, yeah. If you feel, if you're selling something that that's, looks great, try Instagram. Mm. Uh, and I'd use the example of... Um, this podcast is is audio only. It's audio only. We have an Instagram, but our Instagram looks great. Yeah. <laughs> we find a way to make nice pictures. I don't know what it is, but that that's just a way of of, of showing people that with, there's a human element behind the voice that you're listening to. Oh know? yeah. How come you're not doing video? Um, we are. We want to. Um, it's just I'm I'm not too good at like setting up 
cameras and things like that. We need to find someone that can help us do that. But yeah. I want to do a once a month uh, live feed for for the biscuit but i, I don't want to sound like tinny in a room like this you know i, I want oh. the mics to come through the microphone and back onto the, okay so we need to find someone that can help us do that cool uh, well that's probably money. let me think about that yeah if you know see. someone that can help um see if something works out yeah but yeah i really want to see what sticks from this darwin festival i'd hope the, i hope richard thing richard's thing sticks because i feel yeah, like too. the sidebar thing the but uh, the, the cafe scientific is an amazing idea and if you're listening to this now, uh, as the biscuit, and you're kind of on the fence about it, go, just go, go on to Eventbrite, look for Cafe Scientific, and just go. It's going to be amazing. And we, yeah. a lot of these things are start out things, like you know. Yeah. So you need to go and, and uh, give them a chance, um, because you know, be brave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a nice one to finish on. Be brave. Yeah, that was I like good. That. that was good. That cool. was good. I'm quite proud of myself now. See how yeah. smug I look. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Alex, thanks for, for coming back and talking to me. And also thanks for your support from the beginning. Yeah, you know, you. I do actually, um, I remember saying, especially with Thorskin when I started, uh, before I did the biscuit, I always said, I just want to help, man. I just wish someone would just help me. And if, if someone would help me, I'd never forget it. And I genuinely haven't, you know. What you guys did for me, I'll never forget. And it's it's the same for for everything that's been going on, like with getting the studio at the parade, for Julie sponsoring us for the first time, for, for you know, Darren at Gin Difference, but all these people have helped us, they're deep in my heart because they're giving me the license to do what I do. So I keep telling you it's selfish. It's reci- <laughs> reciprocal altruism. It's just because I know at some point it's going to work for me too. Nah, I'm joking. It's nice to see other people do well, man. No, it's, it's nice because uh, I feel like we can have a proper, like, you know, this episode is, is, is you know, a good, you know, shows that we can just have a good gym wag about anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I hope to see you at some of the events as well. Yeah. This will be really good. Because I'm, I'm loving the, you know, I, I do see a return for doing doing stuff just for the love of it. That's, mm. that's the cool, the cool part of it. Yeah, yeah. It cool. is good. It's do what you love, people. Do what you love. Anyway, guys, um, this episode has been brought to you by our sponsors who have just got loads of mentions during this episode, and that's uh, Gin Different. If you're a fan of gin or if you're on the fence, uh, don't worry about it. Go and try it. Uh, go, go to Gin Different, and that's in the market hall upstairs. Um, they've got a wide selection of different gins and they're great people as well. They'll make you up a nice drink. I don't do gin really, but I've had some great uh, drinks from there. Um, and if there's those obscure bottles of gin you can't get at Asda, Tesco, Aldi or whatnot, they will get that for you. Um, so thank you uh, to our sponsors at Gin Different. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, yeah, make sure you check out our website as well, which is uh, the uk. That's brought to you by our friends at Web Orchard. Great little website, looks fantastic. Uh, check it out. So, Alex, thanks again for coming on the show. It's been nice to see you again. Cheers. Till the next time. Peace out. <laughs>